Hello, everyone, and welcome to High Performing Coaches. This is Anari Bellamy, your coach's counselor, and we are here to talk to Mark today, another great high-performing coach. He has blessed us with his time and his impact, and I'm sure he'll have some great nuggets to share with us during this interview. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing? I'm doing great today. Thank you again for joining us on today, and I won't keep you long because I know your time is very valuable. So we'll go right into the first question. And sure. that is, who are you purpose to serve? Well, I think, um, you know, our us as a company with High Thrive Coaching, we started off uh, really quite, quite a bit focused. We are purpose to serve people who are really struggling in their marriages. Um, as we've grown over the years, we've kind of created this niche where we help uh, people in really dire circumstances in their, in their marriage. So people who, uh, couples who have considered divorce might be somewhat into the process of divorce or they're dealing with separation uh, affairs. We're, we're taking those really hard cases. Uh, sometimes we refer to ourselves as like the, the marriage uh, ICU, the intensive care unit, because, you know, there's a lot of really broken people, broken relationships. And that's really who we are aiming to serve. I, I personally, I love working with this population. Um, usually when my clients come to me, they, they're very happy. They're very willing to get some help and advice. And that's honestly like why I stepped away from some other, other populations to help with. I've helped, you know, people with addictions and other things like that. And oftentimes I'd run into these problems where there wasn't a whole lot of motivation with my clients to actually make some changes, but my clients are really motivated in in this case. They, they really feel passionate about fixing their marriage. I love that. I love that. And you know, the key to what you said is by the time they come to you, they're ready, you know, because relationships are one of those touchy things. And, you know, a lot of times people give advice to people in relationships and they're like, you should do this or you shouldn't do that or you. But, you know, unless somebody's ready to see things or unless somebody is ready to work on it, especially something that's sensitive as a relationship, it's it's really hard to help them. Right. It's <laughs> it's really hard to, to break through to them unless they raise their hand and say, hey, you know, I'm ready. I want to fix this. There's something wrong here. I know Tony Robbins tends uh, sometimes talks about like cycles of change and he talks about like what helps people to get to be ready to change. It's just like, you know, one theory of how people change, but he talks a lot about discomfort. Like if people, if things start to get uncomfortable, then they're much more willing to say, okay, maybe I need to adjust my plan here. And that's mostly where I'm sitting with a lot of my clients. They're really uncomfortable right there. It's they're, something that's really valuable to them is threatened. Right. And I know um, with this being a sensitive subject, the next question I'll ask you to share what, whichever part of your story you want to share, but what is it about your story that made this your purpose? So um, for me personally, it's always been an interest of mine when I was in school, you know, we did, you know, so I, so I studied psychology and, and, and college and graduate school. Uh, and so we always had some, amount of choice over what we wanted to do our research projects on and whatnot. And I tended to, to gravitate to certain subjects, one of them being marriage. Uh, I'm just, uh, I got married fairly young. I was uh, 22 when, when I married my wife, Jennifer, we've been now married uh, for 15 years. 
Uh, and I just, with my career choices, I've always gravitated toward things toward that could help me in my own personal life. Things that, so like studying psychology, I kind of wanted to understand myself better, how do, I could improve myself better. Uh, with marriages, I wanted to make sure that I had all the tools that I needed to have a successful marriage. I right. uh, just growing up, uh, I, I enjoyed my family. And I, I saw that my, my mom and dad were, you know, they, they loved each other and that I, I wanted that. That was, a, it was a really nice example for me. And it was really sad when I saw, you know, so I come from a family of eight kids. When I saw some of my older siblings, um, you know, they started having marriage trouble and I now have a few siblings that have divorced and that didn't want to be in that same boat. I just saw how much trouble it caused, how much sadness, um, just all sorts of junk for even, you know, from my siblings, but also for my, my nieces and nephews that had to, to deal with the aftermath of the, their parents' basically everything blowing up. Um, and I just, I cared about my wife, my kids too much to say, okay, well, I'm just going to go about this ha haphazardly. So I, I, it's, it's, it's as much, <laughs> it's as much for me in making sure that I'm on top of things as it is for helping other people. Uh, Cause honestly, this is, that's why I'm here. At the end of the day, when I have a client who says I've made a really big difference in their life, I've turned things around for them. They're better off than when they came to me. That's a really fulfilling thing. And especially if it's on something that uh, I value as much as, as a strong family, that just, I, I, it feels nice to have that kind of impact in the world. Right. That, that makes a lot of sense because somehow, that's why I asked that story about your, your story, because somehow when you're serving the people you're truly purposed to serve, you can look at your life story and figure out where it come, where it came from. You know what I mean? Where it's pulling from, what the inspiration and passion behind it is. You have to be personally connected somehow. Um, mm -hmm. I know, you know, a lot of times in business and coaching and direct sales and all that kind of stuff, I, I love to use the Mary Kay example. And I say, you know, it's not the brand, right? It's not the product because that's already established. So why is the lady over here got six pink cars and the other one over here can't sell that tube of lipstick or chapstick? And it's because, you know, the other lady has found her passion behind why she's selling those products. You know, what, what it is she wants to do, whether it be help people, make people beautiful, you know, whatever her passion is. So um, I really appreciate you sharing that piece of your story and letting us in oh, on that. I, piece. I can really relate to what you're saying there. I, I, uh, <laughs> bounced around between other other jobs previous to this and I it just never quite felt at home in this it just it feels very natural I mean we've we've actually done quite well and I, I think it's because you know it's something that I'm very interested in like we've gone from like zero essentially a few years back we're now doing you know 1.5 million in revenue <laughs> Uh, for a coaching business. And that's not right. like, you know, especially something like relationships. I, I kept getting told, don't do relationship coaching. That's going to be small potatoes and it's not going to do much. And, but we've, you know, I've managed and right. done quite well. We're actually <laughs> right, right, continuing right. to grow. So it's, right. you know. yep, yep. I totally under, understand. And um, I guess in this moment of the interview is where we would encourage people, both you and I, to find what their passion is, right? 
yeah. and operating in their passion. Because the truth of the matter is, like you said, some people are afraid to jump out there because they're afraid of the revenue that will or won't come from it. But I, I don't know about you, but I found that once you really are operating in your passion and who your purpose to serve, the money just automatically comes. Yes. <laughs> you, you know, you don't have to go begging and scrounging for it. It just, you know, you have to put in the work. Don't get me wrong. All business comes with work, but it just flows so much more naturally than when you're not operating. I mean, it. if you're passionate, you can make money from just about anything, I think. Right. Um, now, I mean, it didn't just, like you said, you had to put in the work. Like, and for me... I'm not a, I'm not a business person. I, I had, you know, I, I have this passion here. Right. So I, I, I ended up having to surround myself with business people in order to get that business. Right. 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 So, right. Mean, but the, yeah. the key was tapping into your passion and then they had something to work with. Right. Yes. Um, so now here's the, the, what we call the golden question. And that is if, uh, the man or woman that you were purposed to serve crosses your path and it's your one and only opportunity to make a difference in their lives, what would you say to them? Take the opportunity to speak to them right now. I mean, this is kind of a hard question just to say like, here's the, this one thing because everyone presents with a lot of different problems. But, um, you know, if I had to speak to this person uh, well, I'm going to speak it to them in a roundabout sort of way. Right. <laughs> uh, but I have often found that in, in relationships, um, what tends to perpetuate problems is that I, is there certain uncomfortable areas that my client or their spouse are unwilling to, to touch? Uh, so one example might be that uh, I might have a client who really isn't standing up for themselves. They don't have a whole lot of self-respect. They're not voicing their opinion. And then they're blowing up at their spouse because they're not feeling heard. Uh, and I, I, what's interesting is I'll find that that client, when I say, okay, well, easy suggestion, stand up for yourself. And that's, that's never, okay, that, I mean, you know, that's right. never where the, the, the process stops. Right. I actually think a lot of the real work is exploring the resistance to those suggestions. And that, you know, so this applies to the client, um, whether this is speaking up for yourself, setting boundaries, whether this is having a little bit more empathy and understanding for your partner or um, having those uncomfortable conversations, I would say that. Uh, the biggest piece of advice is be willing to sit with those uncomfortable thoughts and those uncomfortable feelings and explore that uh, a bit. I often find that the, the most growth uh, that anyone can really experience is by uh, touching on and working through that discomfort. It's, it's kind of in that resistance and in dealing with the things that we've been pushing aside for so long that the most progress, the most growth, the, the biggest success comes from. And it, that's usually, the, in my mind, the biggest difference between success and failure for a client is how willing are they to, to sit with that? Right, right. Good and it's point. in that moment, I believe it's in those uncomfortable moments, you actually feel like, or realize how much you value the relationship, right? Because it's like, mm -hmm. you know, we're, I'm in an uncomfortable place. This is you know, we're at odds, don't like being here. And then I mean, I, I think a lot of times that's your breaking point of saying yes 
this is worth working on, you know, <laughs> I, you know, yeah. I, yeah, I value this. I miss the communication or I, I, I'm uncomfortable with the distance and it goes both ways, right? So it goes for the person and the other person that they're dealing with. And it's amazing how, I guess that's why they say making up, you know, the honeymoon phase starts over and over again every time you make up. And I believe it's because you find a new passion for each other in those uncomfortable moments. It's like, hey, you know. And I think this is a general purpose Mm -hmm. kind of idea. This doesn't really even touch upon like the nuances of specifically. Right, right. I mean, there's all sorts of things like communication and general rules for what needs to happen in a healthy relationship. But I I would say, yeah, if I only had like one thing to say, okay, what's going to make the difference between your success and failure, it'd be be that. And this is something that, you know, I've had to look at for my own life. Um, you know, my wife and I have these kind of conversations and it's like, hey, this seems really uncomfortable. Why is this uncomfortable? How are we going to move past this? And that's always, always <laughs> where we've seen uh, the biggest shifts is where we're able to to explore those areas. Right. I love it. I love it. And um, I actually got married when I was 17. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, you know, we were growing you know what I mean? So we, we know all about that, <laughs> being in that uncomfortable place, because at that age, you're still growing and maturing and figuring out what you like and what you don't like. And, you know, so it was a combination of that and trying to be husband and wife and, and a family. So um, I really, from a personal standpoint, appreciate, you know, what you're doing in the lives of other people. And I do understand the importance of it. Well, there's a lot of respect then there for, because I'm just going to say the statistics aren't working for you No, <laughs> getting married that, at that age. But I think you all. mentioned 22 years, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, you, you've done something right there. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. Statistics have not been on our side, but I, I have to say that it, the survival, this is why I'm able to definitely back that nugget that you left. The survival of us has been being willing to sit in those uncomfortable places and not run from it, you know, and being willing to put in the work to fix it. You know, well, well where did we go wrong? Me as yeah. an individual, you as an individual, and where do we meet in the middle? Yeah, you know? it's, it's exactly. And some, you know, so I, I've done a, a few interviews like this and almost always the question is, okay, well, what bit of advice do you have for, for couples? And kind of related to what I was just talking about, but also related to what you're saying is, I, and I think this is the, the most important skill for a, a couple is, can you effectively give and receive feedback? Right. And this is somewhat modified from, um, you know, within relationship circles, the big name out there is John Gottman. John Gottman, who's done decades worth of research on marriage he talks about the, the most important skill being repair. And I was kind of thinking, well, how do you effectively repair is you really need that, those effective skills, effective tools for feedback. Can you speak to each other? Can you voice your concerns? Can you actually talk about what you want? And can those things be addressed and supported? Right, that and, and the, the verbal and the nonverbal, right? Because mm-hmm. I had to learn, and, and I'm very transparent in these interviews about my own personal life because I. I feel like your testimony has purpose and it helps other people, you know? Um, So my husband wasn't a very verbal person, you know what I mean? So he's not going to run around telling everybody he loves him and singing it to the rooftop. That's just not who he is. However, I had to start looking at what he does, right? What is his nonverbal words saying to me? And, um, and I'm a religious person. So I prayed about it. Right. And I was like, you know, let me, 
okay, you got to open my eyes to some things. Because like you said, statistically, <laughs> we were doomed, right, from day one. So it's like, yeah, you, you have to open my eyes to some things. And one day we were coming out of the grocery store and we were getting in the car. And this is before, you know, the push buttons where you didn't have to use a key and all of that, right? Mm -hmm. And I noticed that he was opening the door for me and I didn't even realize it, <laughs> you know? And it was like, because he took the key and he went to my side of the car, unlocked from my side and opened my door. I had never, it, it never really registered. It was just like, oh, it's the first door he's coming to, right? It never really registered. You know, he could have easily walked around to the other side, you know? <laughs> unlocked his door, hit the lock and let me get in. So um, when you were talking about that communication piece, it's the verbal and the nonverbal. It may not always be said, but it can be shown as well. Well, yeah, and this is um, a lot, you know, I, I like to borrow from a lot of different theories and it, what you're referring to, a lot of people refer to as like a difference in love language. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you're you know, like yep. a lot Acts of people. Of this is one of the yep. more popular ideas. A lot of people are familiar with the love languages. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. We, my wife and I had to learn that same lesson like early on because we were like, there's some point where we just had a child and I was in graduate school and I was working a full time job and then I had a part time job and then yeah. well, uh, it was a rough, a rough right, time. Right. We were at each other's throats and we just had to finally say, okay. Are we actually demonstrating love? And we actually were surprised. Like there was a lot of care and love that was being missed, much like you were explaining. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because mine is affirmation. You know, if you want to state it according to love language, mine was affirmation and his was acts of service. That's like a wrecking ball, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm looking for it to be said. And he's like, well, what do I need to say it for? I'm showing you. <laughs> you know? yeah. I'm doing it. I'm, you know. So yes, you are much needed. And um, not just for coaches, but for people in general, but um, definitely for coaches because we're out serving other people all the time. Mm -hmm. And the truth of the matter is behind all of that, a lot of times we don't take time to fix the things behind our own door. And that's just the truth and the reality. You know what I mean? So we, we have to work at it. We have to work at it the same way. And I always say coaches need coaches because there's different areas in our lives that we need coached as well, whether it be business or relationship or, you know, things like that. So I wish I had met someone like you before we figured it out the hard way, like six years ago, you know, we could have fast forwarded the process. But um, so I really appreciate and value from a, a personal standpoint, what you do and can see the value, like I said, not only for coaches, but for everyone, but definitely for coaches, because we are guilty of of giving, 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 and not taking time to invest in and receive the help that we need behind closed doors in order to be better for the people that we serve. So I really appreciate your time today and you sharing um, those valuable nuggets in the, the chat that we had, you sharing your story and, you know, giving me a chance to give you feedback about mine. And I'm real. I already know that uh, this interview will impact someone you know, get the, if nothing else, to get their wheels turning, get them to looking at things a little bit different. However, I also know there's going to be ones that's going to want to continue this conversation with you. So how do they do that? Well, if they want a, a bit more of a direct way, they can always go to um, my, our website. It's www.highthrivecoaching.com. Uh, if they'd like to just dip their toes in the water and see a little bit more of how I work, I you know, I have content, I have a podcast that I do every week. Um, you can either check it out 
uh, on YouTube. It's the, the channels High Thrive Coaching. Uh, we also have a Facebook group, uh, big community there. I think we have roughly about 40,000 people in that group. Uh, and my podcast go, you know, live in, into that group as well. And that one, uh, is the thriving marriage on Facebook. So, uh, yeah, if they want to talk to us directly, there is a way to schedule a free call on the website. Once again, highthrivecoaching.com. Um, but yeah, if they want to just check out, see how I work, see some of my philosophy. I'm, I'm out there and you <laughs> plenty of ways to, to check it out. Okay, I absolutely love it. And I'll definitely be joining the Thriving Marriage (laughs) and become a part of your community. And again, I thank you for your time on today and the valuable information that you've shared and the reminders that you've given me as well. You know, um, high performing coaches doesn't mean you're still learning. You're not still learning, you know, still always more to learn. So thank you very much. And I look forward to continuing this conversation with you another time. Wonderful. Glad, glad, glad to be here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>